Hi Pathway, we're excited to be here. It's church day, so welcome here. I'm so excited to be starting a new series called Binge. And binging, this idea that we have, a lot of us have a lot of extra time on our hands right now to be doing things that, well, nor, sometimes we don't have the time to be doing. And so whether it's binging on your favorite TV show or binging on your favorite hobby, whatever that may be, maybe you're binging on some sleep, that you've needed to catch up on for a while. Uh, those of you that are parents with kids that are homeschooling are probably not binging on that. Uh, maybe you're binging on your fourth grade math lessons. Uh, we are so excited to be talking about what it means to binge on the things of the Lord though. And today we're gonna be talking specifically about binging on prayer. So if you don't already have them, grab your Bible and open up with me to Matthew chapter six, where Jesus gives us an interesting thought on what it means to pray. So Matthew chapter six is where we're gonna be starting. And we're gonna be starting in verse five. And as Rob likes to say, if you're not sure where the book of Matthew is, there's a table of contents at the front of your Bible. People work real hard to put it there. Don't be afraid to use it. So Matthew chapter six is part of the Beatitudes. And in verse five, Jesus is talking to the people and he says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words." Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father, who knows the things you have need of before you ask him, let's pray. God, we thank you so much uh, that you've given us an example of how to pray, Lord. You, you continue on in this passage with the Lord's Prayer as a model of how we should be praying. And so, Lord, I pray that as we, as we speak about these things this morning, as we look into your word on how you want us to be connecting with you in a different way. God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts and help us to see how we can dive deeper into your things, into things that you would have us uh, dive deeper into. Lord, we thank you so much for this time, and we pray that you would just bless it in your name. Amen. So guys, there's a lot of questions behind prayer, kind of like, why do we pray? Uh, what kind of, like, does it really do anything? What does it do for me? What is prayer actually doing? And then also, how should we approach God in prayer? These are all questions that we wrestle with as we sometimes feel like we're talking to the ceiling uh, or talking to the back of our eyelids. And so we're going to answer these questions and we're going to look into why we do what we do. And the most, as a lot of you guys know this from me, I am big on knowing the why behind things. And so the first question that we really want to talk about is the why do we pray? Why is it even important? And so first off, I want to say this. Prayer is our direct line to the God who created the entire universe. He has provided prayer for us to actually go to him and connect. It's not something that we should easily forget to do, and yet it seems to be the first thing that falls off of our to-do list as soon as things get busy or hard. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I get so busy that I will genuinely just forget to pray. 
And it's not out of malicious heart. It's not out of, I don't love God. It's just out of a sheer busyness. And then I go to lay down and sleep at night and I go, oh, shoot. (laughs) I forgot to spend time with the one who has given me the gift of life today. And so guys, sometimes it's really easy for us to just kind of treat prayer as a secondary thing. Treat prayer as a, as a thing that, mm, it's not that it's not important in our life, but it's not taking us and actually changing our daily uh, to-do list, our schedule, as it were. And so we want to prioritize prayer. And sometimes we have a misunderstanding of why we pray at all. And so that's why we want to ask the question, why do we pray? Well, the first reason why we pray, guys, is because the Bible tells us to. Um, it's pretty simple premise. Uh, literally hundreds of times, uh, the last count I made was, I think it's 437 times that the Bible specifically talks about praying. Now, that's just in reference to actually praying to God. That's not talking about other times that the Bible is talking about prayer. And so just to give you some quick references. I'm not going to go to each of these references, but I just want to give them to you guys so you can look them up later. Um, Matthew 5.44, Matthew 6.5, as we just read, Matthew 6.9, Romans 12.12, Ephesians 6.18, Philippians 4.6, Colossians 6.2. These are just to name a few in the New Testament about prayer. Prayer is like saturated. The Bible is saturated with this idea of praying to God and connecting with him. When God tells us to do something literally hundreds of times, I feel like it's pretty important that we pay attention to that. I feel like it's very important that we understand why he wants us to be praying so much. And so we pray because the Bible tells us to. And sometimes, guys, it is as simple as because God tells us to. Uh, There's a lot of parents that will use the, well, mom, why do I have to clean room? Well, because I'm the mom and I tell you what to do. And so guys, in this case, I'm saying the Bible tells us to pray. We should listen to what the Bible has to say because it is our guide. It is our our path in how we want to live closer to Jesus. Um, Second reason why we pray, Jesus, who is our perfect example, prayed often. Um, he, He set the example for how we can get close to the Father in our daily life, in our spiritual life. We talk so often about living a healthy life. We talk about eating the right things, exercising. We talk about having healthy relationships, all those kinds of things. Let's talk about our spiritual health for a second. And this is a direct shot, of a booster shot for us to have a healthy spiritual life. Listen to this. Matthew 14, 23 says this. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This is just one example of when Jesus went by himself to go pray, but it was after, notice, it's after the multitudes had gone away. He wasn't doing it in front of everybody to look super spiritual. He wasn't doing it just in the moment of like, okay, I got to pray because that's what we do right before dinner or whatever it is. Guys, he, he was at the end of a busy, probably stressful day, talking to people, healing people, working with people. And instead of going and cruising Netflix, not that Jesus had Netflix, but instead of going and doing something that is just self-indulging, he went to God who could refill him, who who could recharge his spirit. 
And so guys, I think so often when we talk about how do you handle stress, how do you deal with these times that we, we are currently living in, I think we, we miss out on the one thing that can really truly recharge us, which is time with the Father. When we are on our knees, he is able to recharge us. And so guys, Jesus set our example in this. He wanted us to pray. And if this, look, if this is one method that we can get closer to God, then I want to not just do it, but I want to do it often. Uh, Luke 18, 6 through 8 says, Then the Lord said, uh, Hear what the unjust judge said, and shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him? Guys, crying out to the Lord, holding on to him, and not just for our needs, but look, guys, also for, for the things that he blesses us with. Guys, the, the idea that he is God, understanding who he is and who I am in the grand scheme of things is so vitally important. And so when we pray, it's not just about rubbing the lamp and getting what we wish for. And we're going to talk about more, more about that in a minute. But guys, prayer is something that we do so that we can be close to our father who sent his son to die exclusively so that we can be close to our father. Do you guys see how that works together in, in harmony? We have this opportunity to enter into the throne room and petition God our Father and get recharged. And Jesus did it, so I want to do it. It's, it really is that simple. Thirdly, prayer is our primary form of communication with God. Now, a lot of people, like, yes, we do have worship, and we do have studying the word, and we also have service and fellowship with the believers, and we're going to talk about all of those things in this binge series. But prayer, guys, is that intimate time that I have one-on-one -on -one with the Father where I can bring everything. I can be Andrew. I don't have to worry about, look, he already knows anyway, so I'm not going to lie to him about who I am. He already knows my heart. He knows my heart better than I do. And so, guys, that prayer is more for us than anything else. It is more for my personal spiritual growth than anything else. And so when I spend time in prayer, I am connecting with God the way that he intended. Now, I connect through reading the word. It's true. I connect through worship. I connect through fellowship. All of those things are absolutely true. But prayer is just a little bit more intimate in my mind. Prayer is a little bit more... This is, this is just Andrew's time. And so, so guys, I think we need to understand that when we communicate with the Lord, he is able to talk to us. We are able to learn his voice. Jesus says that my sheep will know my voice. And so how do we know that? Well, we can read the word and we can understand who God is through his word. And then communication with him through prayer helps us to hear the physical or, or even just the mental idea of I'm going to speak to you in that still, quiet voice and tell you what to do next or tell you your answer to your questions. And God is faithful in doing that. Keeping healthy communication means that we're maintaining a healthy relationship with him. It's the same idea as if you were to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend um, and you were to text them regularly or call them every night or Skype them or now we have Zoom or Skype or whatever else, uh, whatever platform you're using. Guys, that, that helps you keep in connection with that person that you care about. And so prayer helps us to keep in connection with the one we should care about most. 
the, the creator, <laughs> the God of the universe, we can have direct communication with him. Prayer also reminds us of our position with God. Who he, he is matters. And we would do well to remember that as we approach the throne room of the Almighty, God is not our boss. God is not our... I want to be careful. God is our friend, but he also can zap us if he wants to. God created everything that you see around you. If you take a breath right now in your living room, on your couch, wherever you are right now, and you take a deep breath in, God created that air. God, God created the, the systems that we have inside of us that keep us alive. He created that. He is so big and so immense and so worthy of all praise. And we need to remember that as we enter into the throne room. Because too often, guys, I feel like we kind of saunter into the Holy of Holies and, and make our demands of God and then saunter out and tell him, I'll talk to you later. Guys, we need to remember who God is. He is the God of the universe, the creator of the universe, the God that loves you and me beyond anything we could ever hope or imagine. So guys, we need to maintain that communication. And here's the thing, and this is an important point. God desires a relationship with you. Prayer is that direct line to him that keeps that relationship healthy. Guys, it's weird to think about God wanting something because he is the creator God and he can just poof, it's mine. Guys, he wants a relationship with you. He desires that relationship with you. It is his passion to have a relationship with you. And so we, we need to remember that a relationship is a two-way street. And so we go to God, not just to beg him for things or to expect him to work in our lives, but we go to God and glorify him for who he is. And that's hugely important. Remembering why we do something is, is the first step in this process of prayer. It's the first step in, in understanding that, that we need to pray. The next step is, is similar to it or kind of goes along with the idea. And the question is this, does prayer actually work? And guys, there's a lot of, a lot of people that, um, look, secular scientists will talk about how beneficial prayer is. Uh, secular scientists will turn around in the next sentence and say that there is no such thing as God. Um, but that prayer is a placebo effect in a sense. And so there's a lot of people that have that attitude of, well, does prayer actually do anything uh, for me? Does, does prayer actually work when we pray? And, and the simple answer is yes uh, and no. Uh, so prayer is not our magic spell. And so before we get into the actual question of does prayer actually work, I want to talk about a few things that prayer is not a few myths that we believe about prayer. Prayer is not magic, guys. Prayer is not us saying the right words and conjuring up a spell and getting what we want. Prayer does not demand God to work. There is no demands in prayer because we, we are but dust to the Lord. We are, like Paul says, we are as filthy rags 
There's nothing that we can offer. So how dare we go into the throne room of God and shake our fist at him and demand anything from him? Uh, Prayer is for us, not for God. God doesn't need our prayers. God wants our prayers. He desires us, like I said before, but he doesn't need them to continue existing. We need the connection with God. It is for us to align our hearts with his. Um, Prayer is also not a a get-out-of-pain-free card. This isn't a a solution to if, if, if you have ailments or if you're going through trials and tribulations or if you're having a hard life, prayer doesn't necessarily, oh, I prayed, so that means everything's gonna be fine. Not necessarily, guys. Praying will realign your heart so that your mind can be right to take on whatever challenge God has or that you have in your path. So prayer isn't a get out of pain free card. It helps us to deal with the pain. It helps us to accept the pain and deal with it and move on from it. So, and that doesn't mean that sometimes prayer can't heal. What I'm saying is that it's just not, oh, well, if I have a problem, I'll pray and then it'll be done. Sometimes that's how it works, uh, not always. And so we, we gotta be careful about blanket statements. And here's the last thing that prayer is not that I want to talk about is prayer is not a prideful thing. We don't go into prayer and say, God, I am super holy, so bless me. Uh, Or you can even do it this way, God, I am super humble, so bless me. Prayer is not meant for me to come in and say, well, I spent five hours today on prayer. How did you do? That's not how God intends our prayer life to be. Our prayer life is to be something that we just continually doing. Paul talks about pray without ceasing. It's something that we are continually in. Our life is an example of prayer. And so does prayer actually work? Yes, but not when we treat it like this. When we treat God like a genie that just answers our every wish, prayer very rarely will work in that case. Also, it's important to know that, well, We're not going to go there. (laughs) I'm just going to decide not to say that. Um, When we begin to understand what prayer is, then we can start to unpack what prayer really does for us. And if we take what we have already learned uh, about why we pray, then we know that uh, prayer is there for us to communicate with God. Uh, Listen to what David says in Psalm 34, verse 17. He says, when the righteous cry for help, The Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. That's in the ESV version. There is a condition here, and this is important to note. It says, when the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them. So it's interesting because, well, do we have to be righteous for God to hear our prayers? Absolutely not. But I believe that when we have the right heart in prayer, When we actually go to God and pour out everything and say, God, I cannot do this. I'm humbling myself before you. I'm telling you that I can't. I need you. Then, guys, I believe that he can hear that prayer, the prayer of a true desiring heart. There's a lot of people that will say, well, prayer didn't work for me, and I don't believe in God. And I said, well, if you don't believe in God, then then why are you praying? Well, people told me that it would help. People told me that it would fix my life. Guys, that's not how prayer really works. Prayer is for the people who are genuinely seeking God. 
genuinely wanting to live a, a, a godly life, or at least to find out what it means to be like him. It's that seeker mentality. We need to understand that we can pray for a lot of things, but God might answer our prayers in ways that we don't like. Guys, if you're a parent, you understand that sometimes, you, even though you know it would make your kids super happy, sometimes it's better for them if we say no uh, because of the long-term effects. If it's 1130 at night and my daughter wants a can of Coke, I'm not going to give that to her because she is not going to go to sleep. If it's 11.30 at night, she should have been asleep for a long time already before that. And so, so I'm not going to do something that will keep her even more awake for longer. And so, so even though it would make her happy, I'm going to deny that. Look, my daughter might go up and play. Sorry, I'm using my kids as an example just because kids are, you know, kids. And so she might go up and play with an electrical outlet. And that might be fun. It might be really fun to go and poke your finger inside of an electrical outlet. But we as adults know the consequences of that. And so we tell our daughters, do not play with electrical outlets. And so we need to understand that it's okay to say no. When we go to God in prayer and we ask him for certain things, even though it might be something that we really feel like God wants us to have, his answer still might be no. His answer might be wait for it. His answer might be, not right now. And so guys, we need to accept the fact that God will sometimes give us answers that we don't really want to get. We, we might get the answer that, you know what, God, I really need you to say yes to me getting a million dollars this weekend. Really need that. Okay, he's going to say no <laughs> sometimes. If he says yes, then tithe it and we'll be all good. Um, you guys can watch the tithing sermon on our, uh, on our website there. But here's the thing is, guys, there's, there's conditions to these things. There's, there's understanding that I am not God. I don't tell him what to do. He tells me how to live my life. And again, it goes back to that whole idea of are you truly dead to yourself? Paul says that we die to our old man and come alive in the new man. And the new man is Christ. And so if I am filled with Christ, then Andrew and his desires, his wants, his things, they're dead, they're gone, they don't matter because it's all Jesus. Everything that I want becomes, I want it to be what Jesus wants, not what I want. So what does Jesus want for you? And when you go to him in prayer like that, then he really, you can really start seeing him work. And you still might get a few no's. You still might get a few not yet's. But guys, you will be able to accept that and move on. Uh, so prayer is a tool that allows me to recenter my heart and my life on God. It brings me to him, not him to me. Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Guys, we draw close to him. Now, he, draw, he draws close to us in that. But guys, prayer is what brings us closer to him. Prayer is what draws us closer to him. And he will draw close to us when we do that. And so guys, understand, it's about that changing my heart. It's not about what Andrew wants. It's about what God wants from me. It's what, about what God wants for me. 
and it's about what God wants to do through me. And so it's important that we remember these things. And that's when prayer actually begins to work. That's when we actually see real change in our own life through prayer. So the third and final question that we want to talk about today is, how do we approach God in prayer? Now, a lot of you guys, look, this is going to be a little bit of a, uh, you guys can go to the bathroom, you can get a drink, because a lot of you guys already have your method in which you like to pray, and you don't need me telling you how. But I do want to talk about the fact that there are methods that are really good in how to draw close to God and how to pray, and there are other methods that I don't want to call them not good, uh, at least not out loud. Uh, I want to draw attention to the fact that there are such, there are so many ways that we can get close to the Lord. And I want to share with you guys the way that I like to, uh, if that's okay. Um, look, I'm not, I'm not telling you guys that my way is the best way. I'm not telling you that you have to do my way or else you're not a Christian. I'm not telling you that this is a pathway stamped approval way of praying. I'm saying this is how I feel I get close to the Lord in my prayer life. This is how, how I feel he works in my own life. And, and what it's called, and a lot of you might, may have heard of this method anyway, it's called the Acts method, like the book of Acts. And it's because Christians, we, we tend to think the acronyms are amazing. Uh, it is an acronym. And, and what it stands for is adoration, confession, thankfulness, and supplication. And so we're going to go over these things a little bit individually. So the A is for adoration. Now, what is adoration? Uh, this is coming before God in humility and proclaiming who he is. It's as simple as that, guys. It's saying, God, you are this, I am not. It is saying, God, you are wonderful, and, and you are powerful, and you are mighty. And I want to give you guys an example. So turn with me in, in your Bibles to Hebrews uh, chapter 1. I just want to go over one quick verse here that to me just really encapsulates kind of what adoration uh, really can mean. And so we're going to do chapter 1, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And it says, who being the bright, you know what? I don't like starting in the middle of a sentence. Let's go ahead and just go all the way back to verse one. And we're going to go through verse three. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. Now, here's, here's the important part for, for what I want to talk about today. It says, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, uh, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Do you guys hear the language there? He sits down at the right hand of, of, the, of the majesty on high. Like that is adoration. It's proclaiming who he is. It's saying, God, you are mightier than I could ever hope to be. You are perfect. Your mercies are new every morning. A couple other scriptures for you, scriptures for you guys, if you're interested, is Re Revelation 5.13, Philippians 2.9. Look, guys, the list could go on and on. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to make you guys flip in your Bibles. Um, just search the word adoration in scriptures, and guys, you will see a cornucopia, like that word, a cornucopia of verses that deal with what it means to actually adore 
God. Because it's not saying who I am. It's saying who he is. Adoring God is just getting our hearts right uh, in understanding that we're approaching the God of the universe. Again, this is, that, that's, this is that moment when you're walking into the Holy of Holies. There's nothing you can say but holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. There's nothing else to say, guys. That's who God is. I have nothing to bring to him except for dirty, filthy rags and hope and know that he will change them. He will trade his beauty for my ashes. And so that's what adoration does. So the second word in this little uh, thing is, is confession. So we have adoration. Now we have confession. 1 John 1, 9 talks about if, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them. Uh, confessing our sins is so important because we cannot ignore them and hope they are dealt with. Guys, confessing it doesn't do, again, this doesn't do anything for God. He already knows what you've done. Even with the lights off, he's seen you. So he, he reads our minds. He knows what goes on up there, guys. So it's not a surprise to him. When we confess our sins, he's not going, oh, I, I didn't see that one. Thank you for telling me. I'll write that down and then we can deal with that later. No, confessing our sins is for us to understand, God, you are so mighty because you can forgive everything that I've done. You are so wonderful because you choose to not see me for my sins. You see me for who you've created me to be. You see me with the blood of Jesus Christ washing my sins away. And so confession is dealing with those sins. We must humbly admit that we are in need of forgiveness of God. We have to understand that, that guys, this isn't about my pride. This isn't about how amazing Andrew is. This isn't about how good we can be on a daily basis or how much money we donated to the food bank or how much food we donated to the food bank or, or who we helped change a flat tire or uh, who we didn't touch because we thought we were, we were protecting them from the virus. Guys, that's not what we're doing here. We're confessing, God, I am nothing and you are everything. We're confessing, I fall short. Just like Romans 3.23 says, all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Guys, I'm no different than you. And I hate to break this to some of you, you're no different than me. We all sin. And guys, we have to go to the Lord and we have to humble ourselves. And guys, when you truly confess your sin, I don't know if there's a more humbling experience than when I have to unpack all of the yuck that I have done in front of the God who has forgiven me for it. Guys, I want this, this part, confession, I, I camp here a lot. I camp here a lot because I have a lot to confess. But I camp here a lot because I just think of how wonderful Christ's sacrifice was. We just celebrated Easter. And, and yes, we, we do the pomp and the circumstance and we do Palm Sunday and we do Good Friday and then we do Easter and we talk about how amazing it is that God, uh, that God sent his son to die on a cross to forgive us of our sin and rose again three days later and we are celebratory of this fact. We are so excited about the fact that God has sent his son to die for us. And sometimes, guys, I think, at least in my own life, I can forget that that was a real man on a real cross taking real punishment 
for my sin. That's why he did it. It wasn't just to be a cool story that, yeah, Jesus conquered the grave, he rose from the dead, all those things are very true, but there was a purpose behind it, and that purpose was the payment for my sin. And guys, that is why we confess our sin. It's because we need to understand that God, Christ himself, died for those things. So we have adoration, we have confession, the next one is the letter T, and that stands for thankfulness. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Psalm uh, chapter 100. And normally I should have been preparing, as we are recording this, I'm thinking to myself, I should have had this marked out in my Bible before I even got here. And then I'd just be like, whew, and you guys would think I was super spiritual because I can just turn to, right to the page. But we're going to go to Psalm 100, and we're going to start in verse 4. Actually, we're just going to read verse 4, that's it. And he says... Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. And guys, this, this idea of thankfulness, we've gone through adoration, we've gone through confession. Now we can be thankful for all of those things. And we go into his courts with thanksgiving in our hearts. We go with a song of praise and we walk in and we understand, God, this breath that I just took in, thank you for that. The blood that's running through my veins, that's keeping me standing or keeping me alive. Thank you for that. Thank you for forgiving my sins. There, there are so many things, guys, to be thankful for. I think that if we just sat down and wrote them all down, it would be a full-time job, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, of just writing things that we could be thankful for. Guys, I was even thinking about it with all of this recording stuff and with all of the live streaming and all the church online, all of these things that we're doing, we can be thankful that we live in the day that we do. Because in 1989 even, in 1992, this wouldn't be happening. You wouldn't be able to have a virtually live church experience. Maybe if you were a really rich church, you would be able to record it and then put it on VHS and copy those VHS tapes, if you guys remember what VHS is, and, and go pass those out to people that actually wanted to watch it. But guys, let's be honest, this is access right now. We have instant access to you guys. We, we, can we can connect still. We can communicate easily. We live in a glorious time and we should be thankful for that. Now, yeah, there's plenty of things to be bummed out about during this time. I miss you guys. I miss seeing your faces, all of those things. But guys, we have so many things that it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. And so we need to be thankful for those things. And so understand... You're not, like, thankfulness is the other place that really takes a lot of time in our prayer life because there's so much to be thankful for. And guys, I, I don't even think I scratched the surface on how much God does for me. I don't even think I come close to, to giving back or understanding the full gravity of being thankful. And, and Paul talks about rejoicing in tribulation, so it's not even just understanding that, that things are good and so I'm going to thank God. It's also saying, you know what, God, life is not what I expected it to be right now, but you're still God. Thank you. And so that's that thankfulness aspect. Give him the credit for things in, in your life. It's okay. It's not, a, it's not going to hurt you to share the credit. In fact, there's no, no credit to be shared. He just owns it all. 
So that brings us to our final one. We have adoration, we have confession, we have thankfulness. The last one is the letter S, and that stands for supplication. So Philippians 4, 6, if you guys turn there. Again, I'm, I'm thinking the same thing to myself right now. I should have I had this uh, prepared before, but that's okay. Uh, Philippians 4, cha uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says this. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So understanding that our requests come with thanksgiving. Understanding that our requests, we make our request, but, but we have thankfulness even in, in understanding that God will give us an answer. So supplication is this. Supplication is me asking God for things. Not, not necessarily like, God, I want a Honda. Ooh, spoken tongues. Uh, or, or God, like, give me a million dollars or those kinds of things. But even God bless my day. That's kind of like a supplication in a sense where it's saying, God, I need you to bless me in this way. I need you to answer my questions. I need you to, you know what? Even, even intercessory where we step in for someone else and we pray for our wives or we pray for our children or we pray for our coworkers or we pray for our other uh, church members that are going through hard times. These are all supplications. And so God loves, and this is, this is great guys, God loves his children and he loves to bless his children. The Bible talks about how God delights in giving blessings to his kids. God finds pleasure in being able to give you things, to be able to answer your prayers. Now again, as we talked about earlier, sometimes that answer will be no, and we need to be okay with that. But God takes delight in having this communication with you, and you understanding, again, the relationship here is I rely for everything. I rely on God for everything. Not, not just most things. Like, okay, God, if you, if you could handle, uh, you know, my spiritual soul, I'll handle the physical aspect of my life. No, that's not how it works. God, I rely on him for everything. Spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, you name it. I rely on him for everything. And, and when I truly do that, when I truly have that relationship with him where I'm able to say, God, I am relying on you to provide everything for me, guys, I think God just gets excited with the opportunity that he has to bless me beyond anything that I could ever imagine. We need to go to him passionately, guys. And I've been thinking about this. I've talked with a few people about this in the last week or two. Is this idea of how often do we pray for something once or twice, maybe even three or four times, and then we kind of just leave it. Well, God knows I'm going to walk away. There's this idea in Psalm 55. If you guys want to go read it, we're not going to go there right now. But in Psalm 55, David talks about, I'm going to cry out to you until you answer me. And it has this, this understanding or this implication of, God, I'm not letting go until you give me an answer. Whatever that answer is, I will be okay with it, but I'm not letting you go until I get that answer. And I'm going to come to you daily, sometimes multiple times a day, and I am going to bug you about this. And I, I love the language there because it is almost like, hey, God, hey, God, hey, God, hey, God. And it's almost like I'm going to irritate you into answering me. And I know that that's not exactly how it works. But, but that's that imagery that we get with this idea of passionately praying for things. I think so often 
we, we go into prayer, supplication in particular, and someone says, well, I have a headache. And we say, okay, well, let me pray for your headache. And we say, Jesus, just bless their headache, make it go away, amen. And we walk away. And then somebody comes to us the same day and they say, hey, I just got diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. And we, we feel like we have to put on this, okay, here we go. Like, oh Lord, come down, bless this person, move in their life. And, and, and we get the, the, the King James and we get the, the hooah behind our, behind our prayer. And, it, and it's like, well, there, there's no difference. God is God. He can heal stage four lung cancer just the same as he can heal a headache. And guys, I think either one, we should passionately be seeking his answer. We should passionately be seeking him to, to provide for us. So if you have a headache today, let's pray. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I mean, I will pray for you if you message me, I guess, privately. Dang, I walked into that one. Um, but guys, here's the thing is we need to passionately pursue God in our prayer life. We need to reach out to him, cry out to him, beg him for his presence in our life. Because without him, we are nothing. Without him, we fall short. I love this ACTS method, and for one more time, just so you guys can get it in your head, ACTS stands for Adoration, Confession, Thankfulness, and Supplication. I love this method because for me, it gives me structure to my prayers. And so guys, sometimes in my prayer life, I can kind of wander, I can meander. Uh, I'm sorry if that bums you guys out, but sometimes I, I'll be sitting down to pray and I'll all of a sudden I'm thinking about a burger and it's like, how did I get here? I was praying and now I'm thinking about, whew. And, and so guys, I like the structure of knowing what's next. I like being able to say, okay, God, I'm going to adore you right now. I'm just going to spend some time in adoration. And then I'm going to spend some time in some confession. And so giving me that structure, I feel like I spend not just more time with God because it does, I, I will be honest, if you do this, um, and you do this regularly, you'll spend more time with the Lord in your prayer life, but it's also quality time. So it's not just time with God, it's quality time. And I can look back on my time with God and I can say, yes, that was good time. And I want more of that. And so guys, that for personally, look, I, I noticed that, that my time praising God, my time praying for others, my time just like being thankful to him, it just changed a little bit to, to actually be just something a little more valuable in my own life. So again, I wanna reiterate, that does not mean you guys should have to do this and, and because of that, you, you need to do the ACTS method or anything like that. I, I will say this, if you don't have a set you know, structure of prayer, I would encourage you guys, just try it for a little while. Just try it and see if it works. If it doesn't, look, you do a Google search on methods of prayer and you'll run into 457,000 people that say they have the way that will get you closest to Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that the ACTS method is my way of getting you closer to Jesus Christ. I am saying it is a way that has blessed me in my own time coming closer to Jesus Christ. So to wrap all of this up, guys, Whatever method you use to pray, however you do it in your own life, it really doesn't matter. What matters is that you're doing it and that you pray without ceasing. 
You pray regularly on a daily basis. And I'm, look, the reason why is because God wants to spend time with us. God wants more than just little bits of your life. God wants more than just like, you know what, I'm going to tear off this corner and give it to you. And I'm going to tear off this piece and I'll give you this. And I'm going to tear this piece off and I'm going to give you this. But the rest of this is all mine. I'm keeping it to myself and I can handle this. God doesn't want us to try and handle it on our own. God wants all of us because he's the one that is capable of taking care of us. And so guys, I'm going to challenge you this week to spend five minutes a day minimum. And that's not a lot. Most of you are like, five minutes, that's nothing. I know it's not a lot, but I'm just saying five minutes to some people could seem like an eternity of praying. And so I'm going to challenge you guys to five minutes a day minimum of praying to God, praying with God. And that's an important thing. God has a voice too. Prayer time is not just you talking. Prayer time is God talking to you. And so spend five minutes a day talking with God, connecting to him in this way, communing with him in the way that he has left us, one of the ways that he has left us, that we can really have that connection. And in this world of Netflix, in this world of Amazon Prime, and if you have kids, you probably have Disney Plus. If you just are a kid, then you have Disney Plus. Look, in this world where we have 400 things that we can get distracted by, I'm going to challenge you to turn the power off, to turn off all the noise, all the distraction, turn off the news anyway. It's not good. Just wait this out. But guys, turn everything off. Go into your closet, as, as Jesus said in Matthew 6, and pray in the secret place. And let the one who hears in secret bless you openly. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you are, you are compassionate. You are loving. You are kind. God, you take care of us. Your mercies are new every morning. We thank you so much for that. And Lord, as we, as we seek to draw closer to you, Lord, I pray for each person that's listening right now to this message. I just pray that they would be touched, not convicted, but that they would be touched, Lord, and that their heart would be warmed to the idea of coming before you and recreating that connection. There might be somebody sitting here right now that, that just feels disconnected. Feels like this whole COVID-19 thing has thrown their whole world off and they're just derailed and they don't know how to get a schedule back and they don't know how to organize. Maybe they're more busy than they feel like they've ever been when they were working a full-time job. Lord, I pray for that person right now to in this quiet moment to be bold enough, to be courageous enough and to have enough strength to turn off all the noise, Lord, for five minutes a day and reconnect with the one who can actually take them further in their journey. Lord, I pray that you would bless these people. Lord, that you would bless us all. We thank you and we don't want to move. If your presence stays, God, we want to stay. If your presence goes, we want to go. And so, Lord, right now we are going to hold on to you until we hear from you. Lord, I thank you so much for how much you bless me personally on a daily basis. I pray that I would never forget that and that I would never take it for granted. Lord, we thank you so much. Be with everyone as we go out into this week, whether it's going to work or whether it's continuing quarantine or whether it's homeschooling or whether it's just sitting on the couch with our cat and eating a bowl of ice cream. Lord, I pray that you would bless our week. Keep us safe. 
Lord, help not, like, Lord, just in your power, I pray that not a single person in this town would come down with this virus ever again. Lord, we thank you so much that you have the power to heal. You are our great healer. Lord, we thank you so much. I pray that you would just move in our midst. And Lord, that you would bless us and show us the way to go forward. We love you. We thank you. We praise you. In your name. Amen.